Hello, hello, all of my beautiful crypts and walkers. Welcome back to Handy Schlaft. I hope y'all had a great holiday and happy new year. On today's show, we have Christian stand-up comedian and fellow podcaster, Zachariah Rippy, all the way from Texas. But before we begin, I would just like to comment on the socio-political situation going on in the country right now. Um, a few hours ago, a large group of protesters in favor of President Trump have breached the U.S. Capitol building and are have been causing political havoc and uneasiness all across the country. And as a fellow conservative, by no means do I endorse any of this behavior. It is very unfortunate, and I pray that all of those involved will come to their senses, retreat, go home, stay home, and find repentance in all of this. And I just pray for our country right now. I pray for all of our loved ones who are seeing all this. I pray for the children who are experiencing all this and the division that all of this has been causing today. So with all that said, let's begin the show. All right, and we are here with Zach Rippy. He is a great guy I've gotten to know over the past several weeks, and we've actually uh, been acquaintances for quite a little while now, and he's just teaching me so many things um, going on in his life, and how God is using him in his life. He's a great guy. So let's just welcome Zach here really quick. Zach, hey, what's up? For, how are you, me. my brother? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. And I'm excited you're back and uh, in good health doing some uh, some podcasts again, man. It's good to see. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. It was a little scary there for a couple of months. I just kind of mm -hmm. went down the list of things to get done in the hospital, I guess. Um I had some things done. I had a surgery on my stomach done. And then I'm like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to do the whole thing before the end of the year. Just Let's just do it. Yeah. And then they got COVID and all that jazz. So, yeah, it was quite a wreck. Uh, yeah, but sounds after like a while, it was all worth it. Um, I'm feeling great, better than ever, than before, man. But I appreciate all your prayers and reaching out and everything. And of course, being a part of today's podcast, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, people that are listening to this right now, as we speak, uh, there's a lot of political activity going on in the country right now. Um, mm -hmm. As we're talking right now, uh, the Senate and the House situation with Mike Pence deciding how he wants to proceed with Delaware College has been going on. And now we have some pro-Trump advocates and protesters breaching the Capitol building. And I know, Zach, you're really big on all this going on on, with, with, on television and over there on Capitol Hill. What have been some of your thoughts going into this and what they are right now 
Well, yeah, I haven't always been uh, vocal in politics because uh, prior to the year of 2020, I haven't really needed to know much about politics because my mm -hmm. life was just kind of going on its own path. I felt like I totally had freedom. I felt uh, we were living in a good country. And I saw all the slander about Trump on the media, and I kind of uh, jumped on to that kind of uh, similar thinking. Uh, everything I saw was basically an attack on him. And I didn't really think for myself as far as that goes because I didn't want to educate myself on politics because it didn't really matter to me at the time. But then once 2020 happened and I saw how quick it was for them to take away freedom, how quick it is to say you can't go to work and how quick it is to basically um, use the pandemic as a way to change things and the way how and also how they change things after 9-11 as far as the, the Patriot Act. When you have to go to the airplane uh, airports, you have to basically be uh, stripped of your human rights as you walk through this this machine that scans you with an x-ray and you got to take everything out of your pockets your shoes off and they uh they even charge you like 9-11 fee because of 9-11 on your ticket prices if you never noticed so i knew that they were going to use the covid pandemic for something bigger than just uh your health and that's definitely oh, what is happening course. and then so yeah so once i started seeing the truth kind of come to light and started seeing the 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 like i always heard trump say fake news but then once i really kind of investigated it as far as myself especially with the numbers of covid and lying about it and if you got in a motorcycle accident and or you got shot and you had covid they, they labeled you as a covid death they did that multiple times and it's just it was nothing but fear mongering and trying to make the people afraid and um wearing the mask thing and lying about it and then saying you have to wear it it's just everything was just so hypocritical and then with the whole the whole protests that were going on for the black lives matter movement when they had the nerve to just say mostly peaceful protesting when you see buildings burning behind them while they're on camera you know it's just if they're if they're willing to lie about yeah, that they're willing to lie about the president you know so yeah. uh if, and if they're willing to lie about those two things they're also willing to lie about who won the election and go along with it they certified uh biden as the winner way too early arizona especially in uh on fox news and whatnot and it's just been nothing but the but lies that they're trying to feed to the American people. And I, I'm just, I'm not for that. Like, you know, when you, when you and I both believe in Jesus and Jesus is so big on truth and so big about uh, rebuking hypocrites and whatnot. And I just feel like that's exactly what we're facing right now in this social climate and this political season that we're in right now. It's nothing but hypocrisy and just something that is trying to turn you away from the godly values that this country was founded on. Yeah, absolutely. And I thank you for all that. And uh, when you mentioned all that with the reporters, saying like everything is fine and then everything is burning to hell behind them. Mm -hmm. I always think about like that meme with the dog sitting down, that cartoon meme. He's like, this is fine, but there's blazes all around him. That's the only thing I think of with all that. It yeah. just cracks me up. Just the hypocrisy going on and people are just eating it up like candy. Like, you know what? Yeah. They're telling me what to do and I'm going to do it. It's like, yep, oh exactly. You know, I fall for that. For a little while too i was kind of slipping a little bit i was like you know what they know what's right they have the science behind yeah, them experts yeah experts exactly experts the experts, experts say yeah. it's so easy to fall for and and they use they use words like that that are basically <laughs> manipulative they use words like essential workers they use words mm -hmm. like social distancing and just they use these things that kind of sound pretty on surface oh the great reset we're going to build back better they use these words to make it sound pretty but it's basically uh a wolf in sheep's clothing it says it's lying it's it's and it's and i was in the same boat in march and april i wasn't like fearful for my life and whatnot i mean for the point uh for one season i felt you know worried and whatnot and just kind of stressed out and i was paying attention to the news but then once i started seeing kind of like 
the truth in God and, and like how he works, it was kind of like, oh, the, I, these people are a man and they know that people right now are not as in touch with God as they once were, you know, so they were able to basically manipulate and brainwash the people into being fearful of something that as uh, as we know, a ninety nine point eight survival rate. So it's like at that point, it's basically not the flu, but it's kind of the flu. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. the flu has the same survival rate. You know, like I hate saying that because that's what the rhetoric was in the beginning. Like, oh, it's just a flu, but you don't shut the country down for a flu. But at the time, like we didn't really know what it all was. It came from China in a lab, like everybody was saying. But then they're like, oh, it came from a bat. You know, come on now. You're lying to people. It was made in a lab. And then the reports come out now. They're they're throwing people in jail in China that were whistleblowers. And I never wanted to talk about politics ever in my life. But I just feel like if you're going to be a voice and have a podcast like I do for the I Like Bird show, you have to be honest with who, who you are and what you think and what you feel is right and wrong, you know? So, mm-hmm. And you know what? In the near the end times and all that, or it could be even our generation, but the book of Joel says that I will pour out my spirit. Mm-hmm. And this could be one way of doing so. And, you know, what I feel odd about the most in all this is how the American church has been responding to it as well. Just going along with it like it's nothing. And um, blocking our way, or I should say, sabotaging our way of worship, sabotaging how we mm-hmm. run church services. And absolutely. Absolutely. Just the way we are to worship God has been redirected and mastered above us and everything. Like we're at church and we're wearing masks and everything. Uh, my dad won't wear a mask when he's worshiping. Not only does he have anxiety I don't and do everything, anything, but he feels that it's a <laughs> hindrance upon his worship i feel like it can even be considered the mark of the beast because it's like right now you need a mask to go buy and sell stuff don't you you need a mask to Mm -hmm. go inside of a store and buy and sell something you know it's like it's not i don't think it's the mark of the beast but i think it's a implication that you're willing to take the mark of the beast if you're not willing to stand up and and like realize that even if you think they work if you don't if if you think they don't work it's kind of like if you don't you should have that medical freedom to make that choice if your mask works why do i have to wear a mask you know, so mm-hmm. it's, that's another thing that's hypocrisy of it. But it, it um, I think somebody said like, oh, it it doubles the chances of me being OK. And it's like, bro, we're not living our lives for you. You know, as much as we have to care about other people and protect other people and, and do the right thing, you telling me to wear a piece of cloth on my face is not considered that, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I'll get flack for that and I'll get people that will attack me for that and, and my viewpoint on that. But that's OK. I have enough people. I have enough supporters in my life that know that like I'm going to speak truth and I'm a good genuine dude at the end of the day. And I don't think you should be labeled as a bad person because you don't think you should wear a mask into a a store or even church, definitely church when you're singing and you're worshiping and whatnot. And you're, you're trying to just, you know, connect with God on a deeper level and you have something covering your identity. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Now it's it's the whole narrative of like, you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. And it's it's just another way for us to create division. It's another way for us to see them as them or the other ones mm-hmm. or the ones that yep. don't care about other people or the ones that do care about people. We're just so obsessed with creating the black and white scenario and the divisions that um, we're just completely losing ourselves in that. And, yeah. you know, you got like uh, what they call like the mass coal people. Uh, so mm-hmm. the people that blame or yell at other people for not wearing masks and I just don't get like, you can't go to the beach, but you can go to, to Walmart. 
mm-hmm. I don't understand that at all. Like stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't go to a restaurant, but you can fly on an airplane and sit three people yeah. per row, and it's packed in a tube know, that, that circulates air. <laughs> It's like, um, come on, man. And it's like, at the end of the day, we can't shut down the airlines, you know, because if you take away our, our traveling, you take away another huge aspect of our freedom. So I understand the airplanes being open because number one, I'm not afraid of it in general. Um, I've already had it myself and um, I, 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 I was fine. I know other people aren't fine when they do get it. But at the end of the day, it's like you got to believe in your own immune system. You got to believe in your own health. You got to make your own kind of what you do. Uh, being make your body be able to fight off these these diseases and you notice how nobody ever talks about these experts never talk about vitamin d they never talk about what you eat they never talk about drinking water they, uh-huh. they hardly ever mention anything about good hygiene they never mention uh anything about cleaning your bed sheets so that they're not dirty so you're not bringing home that filth and just laying down on your bed you know like stuff like that where they don't mention that that can really build up your um your immune system and whatnot Uh, They don't mention that all they want to talk about is mask and vaccines, you know, and then even Mm -hmm. with the therapeutics and the hydroxychloroquine uh, report that came out from multiple doctors that got uh, censored and and deleted off Twitter and Instagram for speaking truth on something to help their patients that all got uh, thrown to the side because Trump mentioned it and therefore he can't be right. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's lunacy, man. It's lunacy. And I'm not standing for that. I'm not going to be on the wrong side of history. No way, man. Absolutely. I'm with you right there. And you know, Oh, with all the hatred going on and the division and antagonizing, uh, you've also responded in a different ways to this as well with creating your Christian podcast several months ago. Uh, what's that all about? I appreciate you asking that, man, because it's been definitely a, uh, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made because it's really helped me get intentional about what I'm reading and what I'm learning and what I'm studying and what I'm able to help other people learn as well. Because I fell in love with the New Testament during the pandemic um, in a way like never before. I actually sat down and read it slowly with a pen and underlining it. And man, when I read John for the first time front to back in like a week span, it broke my heart in half. And it just made me realize how powerful the word of God is. It made me realize how many people out there probably have been to church plenty of times, but never actually sat down and read the Bible. So I wanted a medium to being able to tell people about what the Bible says. And uh, I've had years in stand-up comedy experience and doing podcasts, uh, just being funny and just hanging out, having good conversations like what we're having. So I already had experience in the podcast game. So I decided to make a podcast that will encourage people to grow in their faith while I was growing in mine because I felt this huge calling from the Lord to be a pastor. You know, and just even if that means a pastor on a podcast, even that means a pastor when it comes to writing books, even if it means a pastor in a church. So I just kind of kept diving deeper into that journey. And uh, uh, I thought only like four people were going to listen because I only knew like a few people from my previous church. And um, I only thought like a few Christians would listen to it every now and then. Right. But the response I got from people that just kind of supported me as a person that listened to it really found themselves coming to Jesus through it. And uh, knowing more about God through it, because they're like, oh, I don't like to read and whatnot. And then so putting out the podcast was a way for them to hear the word of God without mm-hmm. actually, you know, sitting down themselves, you know, because you can casually put on a podcast, whether you're in the shower, or whether you're uh, working out, whether you're in the car, especially to and from work. And I always tried to make my episodes in the like the 20 to 30 minute range. So that's plenty of time for your commute. And so yeah, man, the, the podcast just started blowing up as far as like in my world, it was supposed to be four people, then it was like 40, you know, and then it was like, it got to 400, then it got to 4,000. Then next yes, thing you know, yes, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling, I'm, fe- 
I'm feeling inspired in, in the fact that like, wow, this is a true calling from God that God has definitely put his hand on it. And he's blessed it. And he's blessed the people that have come on the show, the people that have listened to it. And it's really just transformed my life to the point where uh, the next decision that I'm making in my life is going to be one that's just going to be completely focused on God and getting away from the outside world forces that I have to kind of deal with to survive and the earthly responsibilities that I have. So it's called I Like Birds. If anybody's listening would like to check it out, I definitely would uh, put my life on it that you'll like it because it's just um, completely committed to to God, jokes, and a little bit of country. Mm-hmm. Amen to that, my brother. Thank you. And I've heard a couple of your episodes, if not more of them, and I just love the content you do. I love the way you deliver God's word as a way for any casual believer or non-believer, as you describe it, for them to really um, get invested into it and uh, really digest God's word. That's what's really about being spiritually fed. You know, you, you go to so many different churches, or you, go to, you listen to different things, and like they sound good, but not all of those things are spiritually feeding to the individual, right. you know, I got to really discern you, that. And that's what I get with yep. yours. And I appreciate you uh, stepping out in your faith, stepping out in your calling to do so. And wow. I love how you mentioned comedy because you also followed a, a different pathway in your life to bring so much laughter to people. And would you describe yourself as a uh, regular stand-up comedian or a Christian stand-up comedian? Uh, well, I would describe myself, because previously to the pandemic, that's what I was doing. Uh, it was mostly full-time I was doing that because I was doing it um, five to six nights a week, and I'd be on stage about eight to 10 times a week. And I was just, right before the pandemic happened, I put in my two weeks at my serving job to quit my job and just to stand up full-time because that's the income that was being brought in for me and my family, which was enough to do it and take it one step further and then have only my focus beyond that. So that was right. like, it felt so good to put in that two weeks and, and, and have that, like that moment of writing about just kind of like, man, I did it uh, after three, uh, close to three years of um, pursuing it. I finally got to that point where I was making enough income on it and man, it just felt good. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, Oh, what am I going to do? Everything shut down. Right. But to answer your question. Yeah. Right. It's wild how it happened, Uh, which why I think it was a God thing and just my personal life and my personal walk uh, for him to put this new um, passion and um, calling on my life, which is to tell people about him. Uh, It's my comedy prior to that was not Christian comedy because I still explored with the ideas of um, like raunchy comedy at, at some points. I explored with the the, the swear words at some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really always did try to have a really good um, lighthearted set, if that made sense. Like I always try to at least have a lot of like clean jokes in it. But I would, of course, have a moment where it's like I would go off to the side just to kind of that element of shock of like, oh, the guy mm-hmm. that was making jokes about his kids actually has a really good funny joke about uh, sweating and and um, and dripping sweat on his wife while he makes love to her, you know? So um, <laughs> that's one of my jokes that um, my uh, my mother-in-law came and saw me and, and I did that joke and she was just like repulsed by it. She was just like, I never want to hear that joke again. And oh I was like, was it funny though? She was like, it was very funny. Right. The crowd loved it, but I had mental pictures and I was not happy. Right. So. And let me say this about you, man. Uh, we, when I first started on my walk with um, like growing in my faith and wanting to start the podcast, I don't know what the heck I was doing on Facebook, but I was like looking for either like groups or something that had like Christian people in it. Or um, 
I don't know. I somehow stumbled on your page and I saw how dedicated you were to being a voice for God. And I also saw like something sparked in me because um, you read about Jesus and, and him healing people with leprosy and um, the blind and the deaf. And, and, and I saw so I saw you being a voice for God despite having a disability. And it just really put this thing on my heart where it made me really just think to myself, like, wow, if Jordan can do this, then I can do it. You know, like if Jordan can be a voice, then I have no reason why I should feel inadequate for being a voice, you know? And I just thought it was so powerful that, that you're willing to put yourself out there and put yourself as a voice for God. And even just not because so many people can be mad at God for their situation. And you, you chose the opposite route. Mm -hmm. You chose to glorify God and turn to him and, and look to him for healing, look to him for comfort and love. And I just thought it was the most beautiful thing. And that's why I pressed add as friend, even though I didn't really know who you were. Cause I was just inspired by you. And I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you. Cause one day I saw that I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, I'll roll yeah. with it. I'll just go with it. I'm sure he's a cool guy and everything. And yeah, um, I appreciate that, man. And um, I think we all kind of go through that walkway a lot. Um, Jesus told us that you're never going to go through life without some form of trial and tribulation. Um, yeah, no matter exactly. what, it can be very severe um, it can be not so severe, depending on how one looks at it. Uh, but for me to get where I am, and I guess it goes for both of us, um, or anyone that's uh, a believer goes on their Christian walk, understands that it's a road to Calvary in every way. Um, it's a lot of pain to walk that way. People are like, oh, you're crazy for doing that. I'm like, no, like it's a love for Jesus that makes you go to that and um i don't think any of us would be where we are uh without the love of christ and christ's direction and his wisdom and his glory helping us get to where we are and uh, it was a lot of tears um it was a lot of yelling uh it was mm -hmm. a lot of anger a lot of frustration and i think now that i kind of think about it what kind of brought me to where I am now. Um, I had to finally come to a place where God brought me. And that was recently with my hospital stay. Uh, I had to be literally in total isolation and sickness, you could say, for me to finally just shut up, be quiet, and let God actually speak to you mm. and um so that was in a literal sense but i think that, that goes for anybody that we get we get so bombarded with things we want to do with frustrations that it's so easy to drown out god's word and god's voice in our lives and that's what i was doing even though i was speaking against it and I, I was I was preaching and everything, um, but I still wasn't really listening the way I was supposed to, uh, because mm -hmm. I just wanted things to go in the direction that I wanted. And it took me forever to really realize that I had to fully subdue. You could say surrender, but I had to be like totally subdued in God's presence to get what he was trying to say. Like it could be a, a, with like a Paul, like a Paul moment 
is on the road mm-hmm. to Damascus, and he was totally stunned, literally stunned, on being confronted by Christ. And that's what it was. And so that's kind of something I pass along, try to pass along to other people. Because, you know, I've been frustrated about things in my life in the past, like, five years or so. Like, oh, my God, I wanted to marry this woman uh, right after college. Or I wanted to go on this opportunity that I thought you had for me. I wanted this church job. I wanted to be a pastor at this place and uh, with so-and-so and such a place, but never got those answers that I wanted, or so I thought. I never got those opportunities in the way that I wanted it, though. You see, I preached mm-hmm. on God's understanding, but I wasn't always trying to live for God's understanding. So Right, I had, and I think a lot of us are like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I struggle with that in some extent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, let me read you this uh, proverb I read the other oh, night that's like, that? kind of loose to that. Uh, yeah, I was reading this last night. It was so good. It really reminded me of what you were saying. Um, I oh, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. That's uh, Proverbs 16, uh, verse 33. And I love that because it just kind of makes mm-hmm. total sense as far as like, you're really not in control at all. You can make the plans. I even think I said it in a previous uh, proverb that I read last night. Like you can make the plans, but God is going to uh, take the steps for you, you know? And it's just so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And while I remember it, congrats on your expansion with the I Like Birds podcast. I heard all about it. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'm super excited. I um, This girl from my church that uh, I've been friends with for quite some time just started her design company. She's been doing it for like two years, like um, before she started her own company and her insights were just beautiful. And I uh, wanted to relaunch it with my face on the cover just to kind of give it more of a personal feel to it for the people listening. And I'm just hoping that uh, making those small changes help reach um, even just a little bit more people. You know, that's what it's about is just reaching as many people as you can uh, for the gospel and um, just hoping for big things for the show and to continue its growth. Yeah, man, right on. And have you been doing any form of uh, comedy show at all during the pandemic or a little bit recently? Things yeah, are slowly coming I- down or... Well, I'm in Texas, so it's definitely more freedom here, which is great. I did a show in September um, at this mall that um, in Louisville, which is a, a little bit further further than Dallas. Uh, and we did a, a 15 minutes. I did a 15 minute set and like I, I chunked it up where I did like the first few uh, minutes I did jokes. And then in the middle, I gave like a small testimony. And at the end, I did um, another joke. And that went really well. And it was very cool to kind of experience that. I had the time on stage to do that. And then I've also been back into uh, hosting a couple open mics. I was doing three of them for a while, but then uh, a couple of them just fell through because they weren't busy enough. So I had the Monday night uh, that I host at um, a really good bar in Fort Worth called Mad Hatter. Uh, definitely recommend anybody listening in Texas to come come there. Uh, it's every Monday at 930. And, uh, and then I have another opportunity to do another show, uh, once a month at this place in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, I might, might do that. Um, it's just hard right now to sell tickets and, uh, who knows what the state of the world is going to be in, in January, at the end of January. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so we'll see. Uh, I definitely, 
we'll see who's inaugurated because if it's if it's Biden, I feel like we're the, they might shut down stuff again. But hopefully that doesn't happen um, and whatnot. But yeah, I've been getting slowly back into it. But I really just I have such this passion for the podcast and just uh, my ministry because I'm in ministry school right now as well for Destiny Leaders Institute. Congrats, and, um, by the way. Thank you so much. And I'm I'm just really working on on my 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 pursuit of God right now. Um, and then comedy is just more of kind of like a hobby. Uh, now that I'm on the other side of it, which is, which is totally fine. And maybe that's the way it's intended to be. Cause I'm at home way more with my family. And I uh, just feel like I make a lot better decisions when I'm not like chasing the high of being on stage, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That makes a lot of sense. It really is a high when you, when you have that equilibrium and that bond with the crowd, it's a whole different oh, yeah. level. Yeah, it's it's so it's so great and it's so powerful, but it's very distracting because the whole day I would sit at my house and think about the jokes. I would um I would go to work and think about my material. I'd I'd come home and be thinking about what I have to do for the next show, and then uh, I would just be living for the next show. And then so I wouldn't appreciate my time. I wasn't very present. And then when I got off stage, I felt the need to like um like keep it going, you know. So I would either go to another show and try to get on stage again, or I would like have have more alcohol than I should, or I would eat bad food. You know, I would just do something to kind of keep that kind of like dopamine going, you know, and that's definitely not a healthy way to live. So I definitely think it should be a hobby for somebody that has the personality type that I have. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the outgoing personality, being able to talk to people and everything. And what's crazy is that like even pastors get that dopamine kick big time. And you hear so much mm-hmm. about like celebrity pastors uh, thriving on it. Uh, like a like an addiction um because i can see that i can become one and you know like i'm reading about things like uh our fellow brothers um in the ministry who have become celebrity status preachers and you know things happen in life and they fall and then you know, like the media and and all of them they eat that up like nothing and um, it's like unfortunate because that becomes the news for Christianity. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's maybe exactly why the reason when we were talking about earlier, how the, the church has kind of been silent during this time period of, of COVID it's been um, uh, it's been pushed over. It's been bent over because the gospel has been so watered down. It's been so prosperous gospel American Americanized with kind of big business and capitalism and it's to the point where it really makes me want to just be like the most dope pastor because it's like I see the weakness of what our what we call the church right now. And it's like I want to be uh, I want to be different than that. And I want to lead people into what the Bible talks about, not what uh, Americanized culture talks about, you know, and even the the runoff election last night in Georgia with Warnock supposedly winning uh, the fact that so many people went out there and voted for a pastor who considers himself pro-choice. He openly said that in person and also on his Twitter account that he is a pro-choice pastor, which is so hypocritical to the word of God. Mm-hmm. And also he's um, he's basically uh, supported Fidel Castro. He's he's come out as kind of a Marxist kind of mentality. And he's uh, had allegations of running over his wife when they got in a domestic dispute. A kid at his, count, at a, at his uh, church camp uh, was abused and basically it got thrown under the rug and uh, covered up and hidden and all that. And it's just like the fact that the people that can call themselves reverend and pastor have done such a poor job displaying what's in the Bible as kind of a moral standard of, of who you should be and what you should thrive to do. 
it's just kind of repulsing. <laughs> it's repulsing to the point where it makes me want to like, it motivates me even more to be the pastor that I feel uh, God has called me to do. And also how he calls other people to be pastors. Like, I feel like it's very intentional of the teachings of Paul of how you should lead a church and how you should lead uh, people to Christ. Oh, absolutely. And you see it all the time with how like certain leaders in ministry, or I should say like almost in general, a lot of it is just going down that slope of advocating for God's word, but then they don't when the chips are down and yep. they, the exactly. true colors of them is revealed. It's just so much well-hidden on wolves and sheep's clothing. Um, you can't make that distinction anymore. And I just pray so much for the American church to turn away from this watered-down, soap talk gospel that's becoming such a powerhouse and an itching or scratching to the ears and my god just let there be revival lord god let there be revival in the hearts in not only this country but the church all over the world and i'm just seeing that and man we just need prayer we need that prayer to keep going Mm -hmm. and elect the right leaders that are going to stand firm in God's word, not just talk about God's word, but actually live it and say amen and not a woman at the end of a prayer. Bingo, dude. Bingo. It's wild, man. I'm glad that you uh, pay attention to what goes on because I think it's important for Christians right now to know what's going on right now because it's easy to say, oh, I don't really follow politics, but I believe in God. But it's like if you look anywhere at Romans 13, if you look anywhere in the Bible, you see how much government is involved in the Bible and how much it matters about what the laws are being put into place. It matters uh, about the abortion laws being passed. It matters about taking prayer out of school. It matters about what we're teaching our youth. You know, these stuff, this stuff matters. And and we've let I've heard this on a podcast. It was so good. It was so thought provoking is that we spent as as Christians, we spent so many years saying that, oh, we don't want to be a part of the media. We don't want to like ourselves be a part of that. We don't want to get in it. We don't want to be a part of government. We don't want to get into politics. You know, we don't want to get into this, but it's like we left all those seats vacant for the enemy. Mm-hmm. We let the enemy take over all these institutions from, from big businesses to sports to so many things that you're seeing right now that could have been avoided if Christians would have just stepped up and put themselves in the roles of these people and of these leaders. And it is it's sad to see. And I, I, I'm praying for some revival as well, but man, it's almost like we're, 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 it's a little too late. It feels like, does that make sense? It feels like we're a little too late. To yeah. In a, in a way realizing what's, does, what's happening. We, we've used that excuse. I'm going to call it an excuse for so darn long to say, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to get involved or, I'm not going to speak up on that. I'm not going to judge anyone about it, even though that's not, that's not what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how like you have Christians now, even people that I know that are saying things like, you know what, just let it be. We have no right to judge them. That's such a general statement. It has nothing to do with how Jesus and the Bible in general talks about Christians bringing confrontation to when God's word is being mutilated and uh, dare I say bastardized. And we're just so lukewarm. Like there's a reason why uh, we're warned against falling into lukewarmness. 
and we're seeing it before our eyes and it just seems like people don't care because it requires too much work it requires uh too much of us and it requires letting go of ourselves and really fearing god and i feel like that fear of the lord has been so minimized that we don't even know what it means anymore to fear the lord you know what i mean if that makes sense absolutely man we don't know what it means to fear the lord that's a great point and i think that loving god and fearing god is a is a parallel i think that in order to love god you have to fear god because you know the power that he has to to change the thing at any moment in your life you know he can remove anything he can he can he, he can he can shake up everything you know and he has the power and the love so yeah we need to i think as a country basically turn to him we need, you know that has that famous verse that that everything is going um to turn turn a face to the lord and um i think it's colossians and he'll heal this nation and that's that's never more true right now because it's like unless we fix america the rest of the world is going to suffer because a mm -hmm. lot of the world revolves around what America does as far as um, an economical level, a warfare level, um, a trading level, and just so many other things in, in there. Uh, and it just seems that we have to rise up and we have to do the right thing. And we have to, and it's, where do we even go from here with, with the election fraud and the lockdowns? It's like, where do we, where do we, who's going to step up? You know, and it's like, as much as people don't like Trump for his rhetoric, at least he's some dude that voices like for the American people, at least he's some dude that like wants us to be open and wants us to be prosperous. And he talks positive as far as like what he expects for the country. And while you have Joe Biden being like, it's going to be a dark winter, it's going to be a dark winter. Expect uh, we're going to have a hundred, hundred day mask mandate. It's like, we haven't seen the worst of COVID yet. It's like, why are you so negative, bro? It's like, come on. I know. <laughs> why? And it's just so much of that fear. And a couple of buddies of mine are living in fear about it. And if not more than that, I just see it all over the place. Um, you can't go online anymore. You can't share your opinion anymore. You can't share the Christian opinion anymore without being called an idiot or against science. Or it's like, that's nothing to do with yeah. that. What are you talking about? You know, and, and it's like, the church, church, wake up, my brothers yeah. and sisters. And be born into God's true glory and stand for his word, for joy comes in the morning. You know, and I heard one yeah. pastor say, um, I can't remember his name. It was some random YouTube video, but he was talking about in scripture where it talks about how we've just lost the, our joy and the devil will attack us in the night, but joy always comes in the morning, no matter what. And we're not, I'm not seeing that in this leadership. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I've not, I'm not perfect either. Um, I had like emotional responses to like the presidential debate and I was like pissed off at Trump about it. And I was like, eh, eh, eh. I even made a stupid rant about it. Um, I even released a rant about it. I was being stupid. I was like, and I take it all back, of course, most of it. And I was like, you know, Trump, if you're a real Christian, you should be like this or be like that. And I'm like, Jordan, you need to hold back a minute, pray about it, give him some grace and be like, he's still a young Christian and everything, but he's still 
much better and God is I believe God is trying to work through him. I believe that. You know. Yeah, Some people I agree. Are weird about that, but I believe God works through everybody. And so like I said earlier in the in this episode is that I too was falling down that slippery slope of going, oh, you know, maybe the Democrats have a point. But no, like people need to get back into that fear of the Lord and trusting in the Lord for his protection, for his direction and his steadfast love instead of going about what every and everyone else says and putting us in lockdowns and making us afraid of man when we should be uh, fearing and trusting the Lord. And it's like, oh, it's just so frustrating. And you know, yep. I like how you're also talking about how some of your views and some of your pursuits and the way you do things have changed since you've really been more vocal and open about your advocacy and your faith. Like, uh, how has your comedy and the way you speak on comedy and do your stand-up, how has that changed since you've really grown in your advocacy and in your outspokenness of your faith? Well, it's changed because I really have gotten to the place where I do not care what people think. And I think that's the best place to be in because then you can be your true self and you can say what you want. You know, as much as I, I, I speak on speaking your truth, I do say a lot of the wrong things still. Like, though, I'm still I need to um, I was in the book of Proverbs verse, uh, chapter 15 last night where it talks about just being wise and thinking before you speak and not speaking and uh, not cr- uh, quick to quarrel and just. Um, not being quick tempered and whatnot. So I have to, I have to still work on that as far as being mindful about what words are coming out of my mouth before I speak. But at the same time, it's like, I'm willing to own up to what I, what I make a mistake as what I say, you know, if I say something that is wrong, for instance, like if I am in an argument with somebody or uh, a debate with somebody and I say the wrong thing, it's like, I can own up and man up and say that. But with comedy, it's great because then I can make a joke about something that I feel is, uh, my truth, you know, like I make a lot of jokes about how Biden didn't really get 80 million votes, you know, and, um, and the crowd gets weird or whatever. And I even had a Breonna Taylor joke, um, a few, (laughs) a few weeks ago or a couple months ago that I was doing. And I thought it was a great joke. Um, I like the joke doesn't go well. And then I say, I basically said that, Oh, uh, sometimes you shoot and you miss kind of like the cop that shot Breonna Taylor. Right. And then, so it's, it's a great joke and, uh, it's just a joke, but, but at the same time, it's great. But at the same (laughs) thanks. But at the same time, it's like you can't you can't worry about if this side is going to be upset or this side is going to be upset. You just have to speak your truth. And if you think the joke is funny, tell the joke, you know, and I think that's helped me a lot to just kind of get over my fear of um, alienating one side of the room or just um, making it awkward in the room, because like when you make it awkward in the room, it's one of the best feelings because it's like you kind of controlled the energy, even if it wasn't in a positive manner. And I think that's also a cool kind of place to be in because a lot of times you're going to have that when you're, when you're, um, when you're preaching, you're going to have, you're going to say something that cuts. You're going to say something that is impactful to to the congregation. And um, I did my first um, preaching sermon at one of the youth nights at my church. And it was granted, it was like, 
high school kids. So they weren't listening the greatest, but there was also some adults in there. And it was just really interesting to see how they don't really give you any kind of feedback in the moment. You know, I'm so used to stand up where it's like clapping and laughing and kind of like uh, looks mm-hmm. on people's faces as far as like knowing uh, if the joke landed or not. But with preaching, you kind of have just people staring at you. And it becomes one of those situations where you have to be comfortable in the silence. So being mm-hmm. uh, knowing your truth and knowing what your faith is uh, really helps you have that boldness to be able to sp- sit in those silent pockets and still speak truth. Oh, absolutely. As a pastor myself, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, there were a couple of times when I was preaching where I spoke out, uh, obviously it was scriptural truth against uh, sin and uh, I was at first the that one part of me was a little nervous about speaking it but I'm like no this needs to be said and preached from the pulpit I just went with it and I felt good about it because you get that like you were talking about you get that energy that what you said was a deep cut but a, right. a necessary deep cut and I totally mm-hmm. get it and so what you described, it, that's a real comedy, that comedy yeah. that just totally breaks the ice and totally, it doesn't favor any side. It's just clean cut comedy that's bold and there's no, um, there's no sides taken, you know, and I love that. And I, when, it, when you describe it like that, I think of people, I think of like, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who are the creators of South Park. And like their philosophy is very similar, if not identical to the way you describe it. And you're a, you're a stand-up comedian that just so happens to be a devout Christian. And I love that you examine that because it's so true. And that real comedy, there's no boundaries and there's no... Um, sides to it and you know you also have people like George Carlin and you have all these people that nowadays when people think of comedy in that sense uh do you think that I've kind of thought about this too sometimes do you think that being a Christian makes that kind of comedy a little bit harder if that makes sense well it's if you see that's a thing is like I think that I still like rap music. I still like dirty comedy. And I think that the people that are Christians that are like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that filth. They're fooling themselves. They're fooling themselves and they're letting themselves. They're basically trying to put Christianity in a box. They're trying to put what they think that they can uh, think is funny in a box. And I think that that's the opposite of humor because like, funny is funny no matter what that's why we talked about the sides it's like if this side of the room is not going to like it and that side does it's still funny it's funny to somebody it's, it's subjective you know funny is funny you can't deny that and i think that uh it hasn't really changed like i don't watch as much stand-up as i used to because number one uh there's not any new specials out and number two it's like my career path is changing and number three i'm reading way more than i ever have but at the same time it's like if i go to a show i'm still laughing at the same dirty jokes i'm still laughing yeah. at the, the <laughs> f-, f bombs if they're necessary and they they add to the joke and they bring out the the punchline better you know so it's like i'm not gonna I'm, and that's one thing i think that is is lost in uh the, the christianity community and i feel that a lot of people don't want to they make fun of Christians that they don't want to be a part of Christianity 
is because they feel like they have to completely change who they are and what they enjoy when that's not the case. I think that you are reborn, but you're reborn in a new way that, that, that values Jesus on a different level. Your relationship with him grows and you grow as a person over time. It's not going to just happen overnight. This, the day you get baptized, you know, yeah, uh, and exactly. I think that, and I think that you just grow as a person and it's like, you know, do I want to hear somebody, you know, tell dirty jokes all night? Not really, not anymore. You know, like just because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I want cleaner thoughts coming in my brain. But at the same time, it's like I'm not going to dismiss everything and anything that is so uh, not not Christian like, you know what I mean? So, yes, that's a good question, man, because I'm glad you asked it, because I think that that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with. They feel they basically judge themselves on how to think on how they should think this is how I think. And this is how I want you to, you to think, I think, you know, it's like, eh, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I struggled with that too. It's like, do I like this? Are my tastes changing? Am I, or am I just dismissing it altogether? Cause uh, actually my mom talked about this a little bit. Uh, my mom and I, we have very similar tastes and we like a lot of, of the same type of comedy and things like that. I know we laugh at inappropriate things. Who cares? And uh, she described it as this, how, so she got saved in 1986, okay? So we're, we're talking way back in the day. And so um, she described it as how her tastes have changed a little bit. Like the super, something that's super, super raunchy or sexualized. Back before she got saved, she would have been, oh yeah, that's great, that's awesome. But after years I mean, years of growing in her relationship with God, that type of, that style are kind of, um, she doesn't like that at all anymore, but she'll still laugh at certain elements of it. You know what I mean? Kind of like what you're talking about. Like you can be yourself and still laugh at that and still laugh at other things or listen to certain things or watch certain things. Um, but if you're totally dismissing it radically and denying who you are and, and things that you like about that or just laughing at inappropriate jokes once in a while, and that's fine. If you're totally dismissing that, you're totally missing the point of the gospel. Right. Point, dude. It's good. And yeah, it took me a long time to kind of get over that, but... um. What I also like is how God is really using you in your family as well. And so many, I hear so many stories on this past couple of weeks, you know, we just had New Year's and everything. And uh, people are talking about what they went through during the year of 2020. And I hear many stories on people finally getting closer to their families and learning more on their families and knowing each other, which is huge because I feel like vulnerability is such a thing we shy away from. Not, not only in our families, but we even shy away in vulnerability with ourselves, uh, vulnerability in our friendships. Like we're just so focused on, look what I'm doing and look what I can do but I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want to open up to you, you know, things like that. And uh, my pastor and I were talking about this. Uh, he, he and I are really tight. 
and we're talking about what do you think the area we live in is like? So I live just north of Milwaukee, okay? I live in a, a pretty nice town called Grafton, and it's, you know, it's very work ethic, blue collar, uh, accolades, work community. And he asked me, what do you think the community is like in its heart? What's the issue with the community? With that, I'm like, we both agreed that it's people don't want to be known. People mm. don't want to be known to their core. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want like the reflection to be exposed. You know, um, Michael Youssef, who was one of my favorite preachers, he describes the Bible as one of the greatest mirrors, if not the greatest mirror, because it completely reveals who we are and you know, with knowing people and knowing our families, especially with the pandemic, how have you really grown in your family with the pandemic? Uh, I definitely appreciate my family a lot more as far as like knowing that like, man, and that's one thing that has to do with uh, not caring about what people think is like, I know that my family's just so tight and just like good peeps. And uh, we're like a little crew. And I think that uh, it's kind of made me feel like we can take on anything. And my wife is just down all the time for like whatever, whatever I'm basically like feeling like is a passion or an itch for. She's always super supportive. And uh, my two kids are the greatest, man. I have a seven year old that comes up here uh, spring break, winter break and summer break. So he was just here for the last week and we just had a great time. And um, it's sad that he's not here full time. Uh, and that's something that I have to live with that is very painful on my heart. Uh, but it is one of those situations where it makes me appreciate when he's here even more. And, uh, my little baby Malachi, he's, he's a new little passionate little guy. He's very opinionated. He knows what he wants. Uh, he's funny, he's goofy and he tries super hard to like learn new things. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you really appreciate seeing them grow up and being a dad is way better than I would have ever imagined being. And, uh, mm. I hope to just continue growing in my faith as a father too. And, uh, and just getting better at it because I still struggle with, um, selfishness at times. I struggle with impatience and I mm -hmm. struggle with, uh, just feeling like, um, I need some like alone time. And, uh, I hope that those, those chains get broken over the next few years as they get older. And I get more of a, I just need, I, I just feel like the reason that is for me is like, I'm not in my stable career yet. I'm still kind of figuring stuff out. So I don't feel like I have like my feet on the ground when it comes to like income and my feet on the ground with like, uh, the job that I do and, uh, I'm in school still, and I'm trying things out with the podcast and launching new stuff. Like I'm always trying to like create something new. I'm very, um, I'm, I'm a writer and a very creative person. So I'm always trying to like put something else, basically put words on the page. And uh, I think that it distracts me a lot from my family. So I want to work on that as well. So I've been learning some things about myself as a father and a husband that I think are, is what I appreciated about the pandemic too. Cause I just feel more aware of it. Man, that's so true. Thank you for sharing that. And from what you tell me and what you told me before the recording, um, you just, seem to have a great family, man. And uh, with what God is using you for, it's awesome. Um, I think you're really going to speak to a lot of people our age, if not younger people, uh, probably maybe a lot of the Zoomers, as they call them nowadays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just 
amazing the names they come up with these generations and so we just entered a new year and everything people are saying how it's 2021 now 2020 is a thing of the past and in one way they are correct um in another way some things may likely continue to keep going and so i'm seeing a lot of different resolutions and everything and with what God has showed you and how God is working through you and just in response to everything, what are some of your new year's resolutions? Uh, to do what I have to do and to do what I say I'm going to do is one of them. And I've always been good at that, but I really want to take it to the next level this year. Uh, another one is just to, um, I haven't really thought about this, so sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a little lagging on it. Uh, I would say my, my, my last one would be to just kind of be like, feel the presence of God, um, on a, on a daily basis and make time for, uh, him, make time for my family, make time for me and make like just being able to balance my commitments better and being able to, uh, live a very free life. And the thing that me and my wife are setting up in the future is I feel like it's going to allow me to do that. Uh, and I'm just super pumped to be able to like, openly speak on it we have a lot more things we have to do beforehand and i think that this next year is going to be big and it, when it comes to growing our personal businesses and able to glorify god and and able to uh just basically go out and 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 continue the ministry um through the show and just through other avenues so that's my that's my resolutions mm-hmm. yeah thank you and how would you uh speak to people right now who are feeling totally alone, totally lost, deep in their depression, deep in their anxiety, et cetera. Uh, I would tell them to listen to the I Like Birds podcast, man, because we're a community, <laughs> we're a family. Uh, <laughs> you're never alone. We got a little community going. Uh, but no, but in all seriousness, though, I think a lot of depression has to come with not knowing God. And I really believe that. I feel like um, I think not making time for him and, um, and, and granted when your mind is cloudy, it's hard to sit down and read the Bible. So I, I get that. Uh, but maybe just setting yourself up to just do something that is positive, like cleaning your car, clean your room. Like, you know, like when you clean something, you just feel good and you feel like you need to clean something else. And then you just keep that energy going, put some music on and clean something, uh, cl- like, and I, and I think like this is a I'm weird thing to you. say, but I think it's to- totally true. <laughs> just just clean some and it feels good for the spirit. You're like cleaning and then clean in your inside, you know, like clean, like what, what, what you're dealing with, what you're struggling with, give it to God and just be confident that it's going to work out in the favor of what he has for your life. And, um, and just realize that even if this year sucks, man, it doesn't mean your life has to suck. Like right. this year in, in the world sucked, but my life, it, it was great. I, I, I came to Jesus. I started a podcast. Me and my wife uh, went to a few different states and uh, we got unemployment checks. Like life was good. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing on the last part. But um, so, yeah, man, you're, just because the world sucks doesn't mean your life has to suck. And I'm, I'm being a big, big believer in that. And also creating something um, helps you not feel that depression. So like if you're uh, any kind of talent, every God is the creator of all creators. He made each and every one of us creative in our own regard. So if you can just sit down and do something that you're creative at, whether it be drawing, coloring, even coloring helps, uh, reading, underlining, thinking, typing, uh, doing a blog post, uh, doing a podcast episode, making YouTube videos, editing, 
uh, cooking, anything that cooking is a really good one that actually really helps with depression because you're chopping, you're putting it on mm. there, you're seasoning. Like it's a, it's a process. It's a start to finish thing that makes you feel good about yourself. You know, uh, depression is never good when you stay in the bed or when you stay on the couch or you're watching YouTube videos or scrolling Twitter, that's feeding into it. That's basically you're consuming negativity into your life and you can't do that. You need to consume positivity into your life. Right on, man. Thank you so much. I need to hear that. And I hope a lot of people that are listening to this had to hear that as well. And, um, you know, I go through things, I go through things myself, you know, uh, even pastors go through a lot of difficulty and, personal struggles that a lot of people um, outside of ministry leadership, they don't, they don't even think about, you know, I always tell people pray for your leaders, whether it's ministry yeah, sure. or government leaders, whatever, pray for them because they are struggling as well, man. And you know what, man, I, you're a family man. And uh, I like that about you as well, because I pray for that too become an area of my life someday. Um, I'm 27 and I'm single and everything, but I'm still praying for God's will in that area of my life. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people that are friends of mine, they're struggling with that. And especially now uh, with the pandemic, I have a, a buddy of mine, uh, he lost both of his parents during this past year. And oh, man, they were so hard. and. Um, I'm just hearing so many things. I say that a lot, so many, I know. I'm repeating myself a little <laughs> bit, but uh, just all these stories of people fighting battles on their own. You know, like a yeah, hundred sure. years ago, you could count like all of your trustworthy friends on your hand, all five fingers on your hand. And now a hundred years later, maybe you ask people, how many trustworthy, loving friends do you truly have that you can open up to, that you can bond with, that you can talk to as if they're a therapist? I say it like that because therapy is so high nowadays, uh, myself included. Uh, but, you know, and the, maybe one friend, they can count, maybe. You know, it's so mm-hmm. different nowadays with the relationships that we have, the trustworthy friends that we have that we can go to. And, you know, nowadays it's just a mixed bag with emotions and where people are getting their therapy from. Are they getting it from God? Are they getting it from other people? Are they getting it in their in the things they consume? things that they go after, where are you, or where are we getting our uh, our hope? And right. that's what I'm hearing, but you know what, man? You have a lot going on, I'm sure. And I think we're out of time for today, but I wanna thank you so much for coming on the Handy Schlapp Show on this wonderful afternoon. Hey man, I appreciate you having me and best of luck with the podcast. and and your faith journey and your uh, ministry that you got going on. And uh, let me know when it's up. If you want, you can uh, zip zip me um, like on Google Drive, the recording, and I'll make a little like video, um, like a little snippet so we can promote it and whatnot. So I can send people to your podcast and whatnot on my end. All right. Sounds good, brother. Thank you so much. All right, right, everyone. That's our show. 
and I hope all of you are able to find some peace during this time, and I pray for God's protection over all of you, and that we are all able to find a way to communicate and talk things through. So thank you so much. I will see y'all in the next one. Take care, God bless, and stay safe.